You are Locked On College Football, your daily podcast on all things college football. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Our stopwatch is rolling. Patrick, whenever you want to bring us in, feel free, my man. Right, welcome to another Friday edition of the Locked On College Football Podcast. I am your host, Patrick Kahn. Follow me on Twitter at Pat Sports Guy. Of course, with me, guy who's been really excited as of late. I'm talking about Big Ten, Ben Stevens. Excited about the Big Ten is back. And obviously, we got our man, Colin Wilson, 3-0 in his Locked On Lock of the Week. Colin, how you doing, my man? I'm doing pretty good when you put it that way. I think I'm excited because... We get two top 25 SEC matchups, but next weekend it really opens up to the rest of the country because Clemson plays Miami, Oklahoma plays Texas, and then in a couple weeks we'll have the Big Ten, and it'll be like we never had any pandemic problems whatsoever with college football. Not to argue this here, but Colin, are you 3-0 in your locked-on locks? Last week was South Carolina and Tennessee, Uh, and I think – the spread closed at three and a half. I'm going to give it to you. If you want to say three and oh, I'm good with it, but I don't want to fraudulent and, and lead our listeners astray. For podcasting purposes, for, for yep. record keeping, three yep. and a half was, was a sizable wager. Four was a sizable wager. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it depends on when you always have to shop for the best number. That's why it's so important because, you know, the must champ electing to kick a field goal. Yeah. Can't get out of the way of a punt. I mean, really took themselves out of that nice comeback that they were having. If we want to go two and one on the pod, or if we want to go two zero and one on the pod, that's fine with me. You guys call it. But full transparency, always shop for the best number because things like this happen. You are a smart man. We will call it right now. Let the record show. Colin Wilson's locked on locks are still unbeaten. He has not taken a loss. He has just had one push. So 2-0-1 is what we will say here. I'll take that any day. All right. So we're going we're gonna to kick it off a little bit with the football games coming up this weekend. Let's, uh, let's start in the, the Big 12. Is there any game in the Big 12? Obviously, because I, I'm a little bit biased when it comes to that conference. Is there a game that you're really looking at, a, a Texas TCU, a, an Oklahoma, Iowa State? Yeah, the Texas TCU one's really tough for me because it's sort of like being a day trader on the stock market. I want to buy all of the Max Duggan that I can. I want to sell all of the Matthew Downing that I can. So it's hard for me to place a bet on TCU unless I know who's going to take all the snaps. Now, eventually, I think Duggan's going to be the full-time starter. But is his conditioning going to allow him to do that this week? And if I don't, you know, if he's not ready to do more than just a handful of series in a certain quarter, then... I can't bet on TCU for a full game. I'd rather play it live. As far as, you know, Texas Tech is concerned, I, I listen, I know that they had, you know, Texas beat down and they should have won that game. But if you go back and look, you know, what they did against Houston Baptist, Houston Baptist was able to have four explosive drives against them. Uh, Texas Tech has just zero defense whatsoever. And while I'm not a big fan of Kansas State, you know, they won that game because Oklahoma just could not defend explosive plays whatsoever. Bad tackling bad angles. Kansas State is one of those teams that's near the bottom in success rate, meaning they can't get first downs, but they're highly explosive. Like they can turn things into open field, 15, 20 yards. They can turn them into big plays. So I don't think Texas Tech is going to be able to defend anybody. I think all of these are going to be shootouts. And uh, I'm just not a believer in the Texas Tech defense. So I'll continue to roll 
uh, with Kansas State. I know it's a very heavy public play this week. Uh, probably a low, uh, uh, low size bet for me, but Kansas State's where I'm going to roll. I am not as biased as Patrick, at least not yet, because the Big Ten is not back in play. So let's focus now, Colin, on the SEC. Two of the more marquee matchups of the entire weekend. Obviously, we have the SEC on CBS game right in the middle of your day. 13th-ranked Texas A&M visiting 2nd-ranked Alabama. And then the nightcap, 7th-ranked Auburn heading to 4th-ranked Georgia. Those spreads, accordingly, Alabama a 17.5-point favorite, depending on where you look. Georgia a 6.5-point favorite. How are you leaning in those two ballgames? I do like Texas A&M in the points. I don't think they have a chance to win this game, but it should be more around 12 and a half, 13. I think 18, 17 half is a little bit generous. That's where you'd want to go with the Aggies. Uh, you know, they have a defense that is built to stop explosiveness. They're three main defensive backs. Uh, they saw this Alabama offense last year. They're very familiar with Jalen Waddle. They're very familiar with the, with the skill position players that, that Alabama has. So I expect really – at the beginning of the game, some very low scoring. I, I just don't find Texas A&M's offense to be extremely explosive. They didn't show anything against Vanderbilt that thinks that they can do anything fast or quick. Both these teams average 30 seconds per play. So it's not like you're going to be zipping up and down the field like you saw with a Mississippi State game and an LSU game. Both these teams really take their time getting the ball hike. So I do like the under in this game. And when you take an under like at 51, a point spread like 18 is really tough to cover. The X factor in this game, Jalen Waddle. Jalen Waddle had four punt returns for 130 yards last year. Texas A&M chronically has issues with field position. Vanderbilt's starting field position last week was the 35-yard line. If Texas A&M is just going to give field position away, they can't win this game. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you there, and I think that's that's a a good line there. I think I'm going with Alabama in that game to cover. Uh, I don't believe in the Texas A&M offense. I don't believe in, you know, Texas A&M at all. Is there any ACC games that we should be looking at? Maybe a Boston College, North Carolina? Um, or are you, are you looking at that Clemson game? Are you going to touch that? Yeah, I am looking at the Clemson game. I kind of like Clemson first half. We're going to give them the same treatment we gave Alabama last week. And you got to think about this out of Clemson's eyes. Like, we just beat this team 62-17 in the ACC championship, and they yeah. lost Bryce Perkins. They're still trying to run the same offense with a guy less talented at quarterback and it didn't work last year. And I will go on record until I see Ohio state take the field. This is the best rush defense in the nation, but Clemson has in their front seven. So Virginia ran 58% rush last week. And I really think that was to protect Brennan Armstrong from throwing because when he did, it was pretty bad. He had two interceptions. One was, you know, gave Duke the ball right in their own red zone. Uh, so I'm not a believer in Virginia. And if all the only weapons they have is to run, that spells really bad news against Clemson. So the question is, is does Clemson give it the Citadel treatment? Get up by 21, 28, 35, and then just take your foot off the gas and don't care. There was no points scored in the second half against the Citadel. Amazingly, Citadel covered that line and the number stayed under because Clemson just had nothing to do with the game when it came to the second half. And I feel like that's the kind of treatment you got to give Clemson here. What is the first half over under there or the point spread for Clemson versus uh, UVA in that game? When I hit it yesterday, it was 16 and a half. So full mm-hmm. I don't know what it is right now. I expect that to rise. I, and I will say this, the full game spread is way too high. Uh, Clemson yeah. should not be 28 points. I mean, the number I have is like 23 and a half. But with Clemson and Alabama, you get these things where they jump out to such huge first half leads and they go vanilla. Teams can jump back into it and cover these huge spreads. So really first half is the only way to play. So you're 3-0 and as we talked at the top of the program <laughs> in your locked-on lock of the week. So I got to know, uh, 
Colin, where am I putting my money this weekend? I think where... we're going to go – yeah, I, I, I'm putting my money on Missouri. Uh, I know there's a lot of numbers out there between 11 and a half to 13, so we can grade it on any number you want. But I was actually a little bit impressed with what Missouri did in a couple of areas. They were able to move the ball when Sean Robinson, the transfer quarterback from TCU, was there. Uh, he actually was really good under center against a, an Alabama defense that I, I think is going to be much more improved than what we've seen in years past. And then if you look at the defensive side of the ball for Missouri, they limited Alabama. And I'm not talking in garbage time in the second half. I'm talking in the first half. They limited them to three yards per carry. Um, Missouri can still play some defense. They were really good, uh, highly ranked, I think, top five in success rate on defense last year. Uh, I, I think it was just a really bad draw in the first week. They still covered the game outright. And when Sean Robinson is not splitting snaps, I mean, he just had an insane day. And it, I think – I believe his – his completion rate dropped from 78% to 72% when he had pressure. So pressure didn't phase him whatsoever. I think and Tennessee has a huge look ahead to Georgia. Think about who Tennessee's coaches are. Jeremy Pruitt, <laughs> former defensive guy, the former defensive guy at Alabama, and Jim Chaney, offensive coordinator who used to be at Georgia under Kirby Smart. This Tennessee team and coaching staff, all they can think about is Kirby Smart and think about Georgia – I think they're looking way ahead to the Bulldogs next week. I think this, you know, double digit, I think it's just a very nice spot for Missouri to come in and do some damage. Drinkwitz's offense is tough to, to, to predict. There is a lot of pre-stat motion. There is a lot of reverse going on. And Sean Robinson did not get enough credit for what he did last week. Before we let you go, Colin, I just got to ask you one final question. I saw on your Twitter feed on Thursday afternoon, you put out an eight game underdog money line parlay has that ever hit for you before yes yeah actually i oh. uh, yeah so what happens is is what i'll do is these round robin parlays so what you do is you take all these dogs or maybe these guys that are favored by one or two points and you want to parlay them all together but not just by themselves you want to round robin in it by twos and threes so you'll have like team a and team b team a team b and team d so they all work in a round robin uh, and with any of those teams winning, it has huge payouts. And two years ago, all seven teams that I had in this one hit, and it, uh, it was, it, it thankfully was able enough to buy me a new boat, which I aptly named the boat Robin after uh, a round Robin, after a parlay round Robin, I called it Robin. So I have a boat named Robin. And it's just because I hit one of these two years ago. Absolutely incredible. If you don't believe in Colin Wilson, you didn't believe in him before, you better believe in him now, because if you can win a boat, off of his college football picks. <laughs> I mean, that's your guy right there. That's the trusted advisor for the rest of your college football betting career. Yeah, just make sure and don't the bet size on this needs to be about 5% of what your general unit of play is. If you're a $100 better, this doesn't need to be anything more than 5 to $10 of a bet. All right, well, there you have it, Colin. Thank you for uh, hopping on once again. Each and every week, first segment of the show, we're going to get with Colin Wilson of the Action Network. Check out his work. Follow him on Twitter, and uh, as always, follow his advice if you want to get in. You're locked in, locked on, lock of the week. I don't know about you, Ben, but when you're doing these bets, you kind of get hungry, mm. and you work up your appetite, and you're like, I need to find something, and I got to do it quick because I got to get back to these games. I got to, I got to watch my money. I got to watch my team. I got to watch the lines. You got to grab something quick. I'm just going to tell you right now, my favorite thing to grab. I reach in, I grab that mint brownie built bar mm. covered in chocolate. It's got less sugar, less carbs, more protein keeps me, keeps me rolling. 
I mean, as you know, we sit down on our couches for maybe 12 hours on a Saturday, and that might not sound like it's a physical grind, but it is. And you're down there for 12 hours straight. We're watching all of these games. We're watching all the picks that we lend to you guys so you can learn from our knowledge, especially Colin's knowledge. And we need to make sure our energy stays up so we can be focused in on each and every one of these college football games on a Saturday. I do the same thing. I've been reaching for that Cherry Barcia flavor lately, one of their six new amazing flavors from Built Bar, because it's the best tasting protein bar I've ever had. It tastes like a candy bar. It is so good. And I don't feel bad about eating like two or three because I know, like you mentioned, Low in calorie, low in sugar, but high in protein, high in fiber. I'm feeling good whenever I eat it. Yeah, I mean, you have to, you have to, right? If it makes you feel good, why wouldn't you want to do it, continue to do it? Go to BuiltBar.com. Use a promo code locked on. It's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. And trust me, with that $10 off, you can just do – you can take that round-robin parlay Ooh. that Colin was just talking about, make some money. Maybe you're going to get a boat, and if you do – you can name it Locked On. Check them out. BillBar.com. Use the promo code Locked On. All right. All right. So we already heard from our man Colin on where you should be placing your money. Now we're going to get into some other games. Uh, ben, I want to talk to you a little bit about some of these marquee matchups. Hmm. Uh, I think we have to do the obligatory BYU mention. Of course. Uh, I'm, I'm seeing a 23 point favorite against Louisiana Tech. Obviously, they didn't get to open the season against Baylor like, like they anticipated. So there's, this is not the greatest way to really start any college football season. You got to play BYU right off the jump. I mean, two undefeated teams in this game Friday night. So as you're sitting back, letting yourself get ready for that Saturday slate, Friday night, 9 p.m. Eastern, ESPN2. It's like Pac-12 after dark, but on a Friday. BYU, a 24-point favorite. They'll get a little bit of stiffer competition right now with Law Tech, but I'm really enjoying what I'm seeing out of the Cougars. They looked incredible last week. Another dominant win, 42-10. to 10. They're rolling on all cylinders. Even with a huge point spread like 24, I got to lean towards BYU right now. The over-under total at 58.5. Tyler Algier out of the backfield has looked incredible. Zach Wilson under center has looked great for the Cougars. I got to lean BYU. And listen, we're a college football podcast, so we talk about BYU and how BYU is fantastic. Could they go undefeated this year? Possibly. I think they keep it perfect against Louisiana Tech on Friday night. Yeah, but I'm looking at that quarterback, Zach Wilson. Is he old enough to place a bet? I'm just asking because he looks like he's about 13. I mean, that's actually interesting you bring that up because a lot of BYU players, when they take their missions, they're generally a little bit older than the regular college athletes. So now that's kind of the other end of the spectrum. I would think that Zach Wilson's probably like 24. We just don't know it. Yeah, he just he looks really, really young when, when you looked at him. Uh, obviously, we're going to look at some of these other games. Uh, was, there, was there another game that you're kind of interested in and maybe we didn't touch on? You know, we have, like you said, an SEC slate couple other Big 12 games we haven't mentioned. ACC, where are you looking? I'm looking at the Deep South's oldest rivalry. And that game being, as we alluded to with Colin, I don't think he gave us a pick for this game, so I'll give you my insight here. Seventh-ranked Auburn heading to fourth-ranked Georgia. That game at 7.30 p.m. Eastern on ESPN, one of your primetime matchups. UGA a six-and-a-half-point favorite, the total at 44-and-a-half. You look at last week, it was really a tale of two halves for Georgia. They started off incredibly slow against Arkansas. We're down at the half, then they started to turn it on. Stetson Barrett, or Barnett, Bennett, Bennett, Stetson Bennett, excuse me, sir. The fourth-string backup coming in after DeWan Mathis did not look good. They ended up finding their rhythm, beating a pretty mediocre Arkansas team 
in that game. Auburn, on the other hand, got a quality win against a top 25 opponent against Kentucky. Bo Nix looked great in his first game of his sophomore campaign. Now here's where, before I get to my pick, Patrick, I have to ask you some trivia so you can sound knowledgeable while you're watching this game between Auburn and Georgia, one of the oldest rivalries in all of college football. They call it the Deep South's oldest rivalry for a reason. When was the first time these two teams met, the Tigers and the Bulldogs? I'm going to go with 1893. Oh, very close. February 20th, 1892. Off only by one year. That's incredible stuff. Now, here's your extra credit bonus point. What was the outcome of that first matchup between Auburn and Georgia? Six to six tie. No, also not that far off either, though. A low-scoring affair, 10-0. The Tigers took down the dogs. So that leads me to this next point. Do I think Auburn can replicate that kind of performance that they had from 1892? No, I do not. Because I think although Auburn had a great win last week, they are a quality team. I think Georgia's defense is one of the best in the entire country. We saw that throughout the second half of Saturday's game. I think they take advantage of this game. And the real question becomes, will JT Daniels play for the dogs? He has been medically cleared now after a knee injury that he suffered in 2019. Will he play? Who knows? Will they go to Dewan Mathis? Will they stick with Stetson Bennett? Who exactly knows what Georgia does offensively? I think it's going to be a low-scoring tilt but I lean on the Bulldogs and their offense. Give me Georgia to win and cover. Maybe not by much more than six and a half, but I think they win by at least a touchdown. I'll tell you the matchup, and and this is not betting-wise, but the matchup I'm looking forward to is Eric Stokes, Seth Williams. That is going to be a great cornerback, wide receiver matchup, and two guys that are going to be highly touted when the NFL draft comes around. So keep an eye on that when Auburn is on offense because Seth Williams – I got to play, but Stokes can as well. I absolutely love it. I will be keeping my eye on that. Now, I think we have to. Obligatory. If we talk about BYU off the jump, we got to go to you for that Texas TCU game, the host of Locked On Longhorns. How are you seeing that game, which has become a trendy upset pick for a lot of people across the country, thinking the Horned Frogs might get the better of the Longhorns on Saturday? You know, they're coming into this game where the Horned Frogs beat Texas last year, 37-27. Sam Ellinger had his worst game of his career in that yeah. game. Uh, I think after last week, Texas got embarrassed by Texas Tech, uh, especially on the defensive side of the ball. I think they come out to make a statement. While I don't have them covering, I have them winning by double digits, a 10-point win, 45-35. Sam Ellinger, he's going to be Big 12 Offensive Player of the Week for the third straight week in this one. I got him throwing for four. Give me Texas 35 or 45 to 35 in this one. Not going to cover, but getting the win is, is the big thing here. Now, let me just talk to you about TCU's quarterback who is most likely to play this week in Max Duggan. Max Duggan is a young man from Lewis Central in Council Bluffs, Iowa. I covered Max Duggan and his father, Jim Duggan, who is the head coach of the Lewis Central Titans back in my time when I was a sports anchor and reporter in Omaha, Nebraska. I met Max. I saw him practice. I saw him play. He is one of the more dynamic quarterbacks you will see at that position. He is truly a dual threat guy. He can break out of the pocket and run, but he's got an incredibly strong arm. So for that reason, I'm leaning with the Horned Frogs as well. Put him up. Let's see it right now. You're probably not going to do it. That's okay. I'm not going to pick TCU to win outright, but I do believe they cover. I think it's a close game. I think Texas just has a little bit more talent, and Sam Ellinger makes a few plays down the stretch to win the game by maybe a field goal, maybe a four-point differential. I think Texas wins. TCU covers because good teams win and great teams cover. 
You know, it's interesting because Chris Ash, the defensive coordinator, said this week that Max Duggan is probably the closest thing the conference has to a Sam Ellinger. And that's kind of that same style, that dual threat. He can run, he can throw. That's a game I'm looking at. Another game I'm kind of interested in, and Colin touched on this, Kansas State, Texas Tech. Now, obviously, Kansas State pulled off the upset. Texas Tech almost pulled off the upset, but it was only a three-point spread. Uh, I'm actually taking Texas Tech in this one, upset in Manhattan. I think, again, they did a lot last week. Let's see if they can continue. So that's a game I'm interested in. I'm not going to put a lot of money on that game, but it's going to be an interesting game. Just kind of see what the dynamics are. Uh, Where are we going next, Ben? As we round out the Big 12 here, I just want to touch on one game I think we need to discuss here. 18th-ranked Oklahoma, and how do they bounce back from losing to Kansas State last week as they head to Ames, Iowa, to take on the Cyclones? Oklahoma, seven-point favorite, the over-under total, 62-and-a-half. How does OU bounce back? Spencer Rattler now coming with some adversity. OU hasn't lost back-to-back games since 1999. I don't think they do so here either. Iowa State hasn't exactly looked good. They lost to Louisiana, their opening game of the season last week against TCU, barely edging out a win, and Brock Purdy looked miserable. I mean, he only had five incompletions, but he had one of the ugliest, most devastating picks you'll ever see in his life as he's getting tackled to the ground. He throws it away, and the play-by-play announcer, Joe Davis, literally said, what are you doing, Brock? And that is a representation of how this early part of the season has gone for Matt Campbell's clones, but their running back, Brees Hall, is a stud. 155 yards on the ground last week, three touchdowns in their win over TCU. I expect him to play well. But I think Oklahoma comes back and makes a statement. I think they win and they cover. Give me the Sooners even laying the points. You bring up Brees Hall, which is a guy you got to watch because Kansas State, Deuce Vaughn, last week torched that defense. Uh, Not so much running the ball, but the yards in the air, catching. Um, You know, they kind of went into that coast mode. Lincoln Riley talked about they got to change the mentality. They can't go into coast mode. You've got to – and especially when they're looking at the Big 12 and trying to figure out – if they're even going to qualify for the college football playoff, you got to put up style points. You got to bury them, put your foot down on the gas and go. I like you. I have Oklahoma winning, but that game from last year keeps creeping into my mind. I think it's going to be close. Iowa State was within a point last year of, play, of upsetting Oklahoma. So with that one, I got to go with that. But uh, coming up next, we're going to get into our final look at our final marquee matchups and plus. Maybe we'll do a little bit better this week on our Lock of the Week. All right, Ben, here we go. Final segment, getting down to the wire here. We got to get ready for our Locked On Lock of the Week. Oh, let's kick it on over to the ACC. We're going to talk a little bit. We, we, I asked Colin about it, and he didn't really have anything to say, but uh, are you buying into Sam Howell, North Carolina, in this game against Boston College? I mean, this is the classic debate, right? Rest versus rust. UNC hasn't played since their season opening win against Syracuse three weeks ago. Are they healthy? Are they feeling fresh? As they head into Chestnut Hill to take on Boston College, UNC, a 14-point favorite, the over-under total at 54-and-a-half. I mean, BC, 2-0, and but they didn't look great last week against Texas State. They only won by a field goal at home, but their defense is stout. 12th in the country among active teams playing in scoring defense this year. I think they limit UNC at times. I think they cover because it will be a lower-scoring game than I think they're expecting. But I do believe in the athleticism of Sam Howell, some of the talent he has on the outside as well. I think UNC wins. I think BC covers. Also still need to see more from Phil Jerkovic, the Notre Dame transfer who was the quarterback for BC this year. 
He needs to do a little bit more for the Eagles. But I, again, believe it's a close game. North Carolina wins. BC covers. Really, the other games in the ACC outside of UVA Clemson that we talked about with Colin, not great this week. So I don't even think we need to mention them. Like, ugh, Pitt is taking on North Carolina State. I mean, it's not – other than that, there's really nothing there. Uh, let's see, North Carolina, rest versus rust, like you talked about. I got North Carolina covering this game. Ooh. Point. So I got two touchdowns uh, in this game, Sam Howell. I think the rest actually is going to help them. Hmm. Uh, I think they're, you know, they've had time to work on a few things, maybe a couple tricks that they got up their sleeve to, to get after that Boston College Eagles, you know, defense, as you said, is, you know, it's a much improved unit this year. Uh, I think Hal does enough in this game. So yeah, give me, give me North Carolina 35 oh. to 21. Okay. That'd be a push technically, unless you're getting it 13 and a half, but still. I'll let it slide, no doubt. Yeah, we'll go with 13 and a half. Hey, the Monday right. host of this show, Candace Cooper, would be very happy to hear you say that. I, I did it just for her. Oh, I, I know she loves she loves, she loves, she loves her Tar Heels. Uh, there was one other Big 12 game I wanted to mention. This one hmm. is an interesting one. You have Baylor minus three on the road against West Virginia. Yeah. West Virginia didn't look great last week. No. 27-13. Oklahoma State didn't look good last week either. No. Obviously, they're playing their third quarterback, Shane Illingsworth, the freshman. He looked good against Tulsa, but didn't look so great last week. They got the ball. They were able to run the ball late in that game. I want to see how the Steels brothers come out in this game, try to stop that Baylor offense. They have some dynamic players. Special teams is really where they get it. And can Charlie Brewer stay healthy this season? That's my big question. I mean, West Virginia was my trendy upset pick, obviously, with the spread, and they got six and a half points last week. But I thought they might even upset Oklahoma State outright because I wanted to see what Jared Dagey could do. They did not look great. Oklahoma State, for their benefit, also didn't look all that great, not firing on all cylinders. But they get Kansas this week, so they'll figure stuff out, and they'll be ready to go because anytime they play the Jayhawks, I mean, oh, fantastic. Speaking of playing the Jayhawks, though, Baylor and Dave Aranda in his coaching debut looked solid last week. Charlie Brewer looks like he's taken a step in the right direction, even under that new offensive system. Listen, Morgantown's not an easy place to make a road trip and go get a win, but I would probably lean Baylor here, even laying the points at three. Give me Baylor. I think they cover. I think they win, even though that might surprise some people. I don't think West Virginia is as bad as they looked last week, but maybe they're not as good as they look week one. And so I would lean right now with Baylor and Dave Aranda in that defense. Yeah, I'm interested to see how they look this week. Uh, I also, like you, I believe I took Baylor uh, at the minus three uh, because I just I don't believe enough in what Neil Brown and Jared Dagey are doing at West Virginia. Obviously, they look good week one. Last week, not so great. Uh, they're going to need to come out and play this upcoming week. And obviously, you know, Dave Rand is a defensive-minded coach. So I, I don't know if they're going to be able to get after that defense this week. Uh, but it's going to be a game to watch, I think. Uh, let's go right into our locks. Mm -hmm. So what is Big Ben, Big Ten Ben? What's your lock of the week this week? Listen, my locked on locks, folks, as I'm being transparent with you, are 0-3. Last week in the 13 games that I picked, 26 chances straight up and against the spread. I went 10-3 and straight up picking winners, but 3-9-1 and against the spread. So I need to bounce back this week. And with my locked on lock, a game I was considering making it was one of the early tilts in the SEC – Third-ranked Florida hosting South Carolina. South Carolina really cost themselves that game against Tennessee last week on a muff punt. I mean, not great. 
Florida looked great. The offense was rolling. The defense, not so much. How does this game go? Florida, a 17-and-a-half-point favorite. I would probably lean the Gators to win and cover, but that's not my locked-on lock because until the Big Ten gets back, I'm a group of five guy. And so let's stick in the group of five in a marquee matchup. 25th-ranked Memphis and SMU, both teams undefeated. Memphis looked great against an Arkansas State team that ended up beating a Kansas State team. So if you do the transverse property here, Memphis is better than Oklahoma. And I think you've seen Brady White play well for that Tigers offense. SMU, on the other hand, has also looked really good undefeated this year. Shane Bouchel has been cooking for the Stangs. The over-under total is 74.5. Memphis is favored by 2.5. I'm saying stay away from the spread. Go to the total. 74.5 for these two dynamic offenses. It's begging you to take the over. And you know what? I'm going to listen this week. I'm going to listen, and I'm going to trust in the odds makers. I'm taking the over, even at the monumental total of 74.5. My locked-on lock for week five of the college football season, Memphis SMU, over 74.5. That's a good one. Former Longhorn, Shane Bouchelle. So I, I can't go against you on that. And I like the pick. I really do. What's the line on that uh, A&M game? A&M is a 17-and-a-half-point underdog as they visit Bryant-Denny Stadium in Tuscaloosa. Uh, they're going to lose this game by three touchdowns mm. at least. I agree. Uh, I'm not a believer in Kellen Mond. I think that that offense at Texas A&M rolled out there against Vanderbilt was Ugh. awful. Yeah. It was there, – there's nothing to it. There's no creativity. Uh, you know, Jimbo Fisher, everybody talked about how great of a hire he was and what he was going to bring to Texas A&M and – I'm just going to say it. Tom Herman has been a lot more impressive in what he has done, and he hasn't done a lot either. Get but he has won every ball game. He has beaten Oklahoma. He can win the big games. Can Jimbo do that against Alabama? No. Najee Harris is about to go off. I would agree with you. And I, I, I'm really – I'm buying Najee Harris this week. Uh, obviously, Jalen Waddell, does he get the ball on maybe a kickoff, a punt return? You get him in space. Don't forget about Devonta Smith. There are playmakers all over it. And with the amount of players that left Texas A&M this season, I just don't see how that they can go in and win this football game. So give me Alabama by three touchdowns. I mean, that I, is I agree. my locked on lock of the week. Bama by three uh, touchdowns to cover. I agree with you, Patrick. I think it's more about Kellen Mond and the offense looking pretty stagnant. Last week, six different receivers Kellen Mond found. His average completion for how many yards it went, about six. Nothing real great, nothing real electric. The leading receiver on his team last week, four catches, 40 yards. Not what Jimbo is known for. Didn't look great last week against Bandy, barely surviving. I don't even think it's so much about Bama, who's a talented team. I just think A&M not looking great to start this year. No, they're not. And, and they, were a, they were a trendy pick to begin the season. A lot of people had them top 10. Oh, they could find a way to get into the playoff. I, I don't see it. I don't think they can qualify for a New Year's Six bowl game. Mm. Uh, that's where I got them. I'm pushing them down. I'm pushing them down. Uh, but you got our locks of the week. Take the over in the SMU game against Memphis. Take Bama as a favorite in this game. Throw the money down on it. That's our locked on lock of the week. Make sure you tune in Monday to the Locked On College Football Podcast. We got Candace Cooper jumping back on. Hopefully she'll be excited. Her Tar Heels are back on the football field this weekend. I know she was lost last weekend, but make sure you tune in. Check out what she's got to say this week. Uh, as always, you can follow him 
Ben Scott Stevens on Twitter. Follow me at Pat Sports Guy. Enjoy your football games this weekend, and we'll see you next week.